this will be part two of a of a message that I started a few weeks ago called Ministering Spirits. And this is part two. I'm just going to give a brief recap. So to recap, we're in Hebrews chapter one. You don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read. And the scripture, Hebrews chapter one, verses 13 and 14, this was my main text, which I jumped off from and um, covered other, other scriptures to talk about ministering spirits. But Hebrews chapter 1 verse 13 and 14 states, But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Now I define the Greek word minister and the pronunciation is diakonia, diakonia, which means to wait as a servant or to aid. So when it says ministering spirits sent forth to minister, that minister there means to wait on as a servant or to aid. So the angels have been sent to aid or to help those who are the ones to inherit salvation, who is us. So the angels are sent to aid us, to help us in our walk. We also were in Mark chapter 1, Luke chapter 22, and 1 Kings, where I talked about Jesus, and I talked about Elijah the prophet. Jesus was in the wilderness and in the garden. He was under stress. In both instances, he was under stress. He was fasting in the wilderness. And then just before he had to go on the cross, he was praying to the Father about getting out of it. He was under a lot of stress. And also Elijah, he was running from Jezebel after he destroyed the prophets of Baal. You know, we can be full of faith one minute and a coward running for our lives the next minute. This is what happened to Elijah. He called on fire from heaven, destroying the prophets of Baal. And, Je and Jezebel, the queen, threatened his life and he took off running. But in all that, his, their, their, their distress, God sent an angel in Jesus' case and in Elijah's case to aid them in their time of distress and need. Or also to make something of importance known to them. See, God will send an angel to help us and to make things of importance known to us. We also were in Acts 12. And we spoke about Peter, how the Lord kept him and rescued him. Herod, King Herod at the time was intent on killing Peter. But it wasn't his time. It wasn't Peter's time. Peter's life was in the Lord's hand, not Herod's hand. You see, Herod had his plan. He was trying to please the Jews. So when he killed James, he saw it pleased the Jews. So he, he arrested Peter and had the intent of killing Peter also. You see, but the Lord had other plans. So the Lord sent the angel to deliver Peter from prison. God's angels serve or aid those who will inherit salvation. They are sent to serve and aid us in our journey of faith. They keep us, intervene as needed, and help us along the way, especially in our times of distress and weakness. You see, I have to be reminded of that. 
Because all the things we've been going through as a family and individually, I this had reminded me that I am never alone. That God has sent His angel to help me in my time of weakness. Because the Bible says when we are weak, we are strong, but the strength is not ours. It's God sends the angel to encourage us, to help us, to aid us. And if we walk by faith, the angels hearken unto the voice of the word. So when we claim and speak the things that God requires of us in the midst of what we're going through, we don't tie the hands of the angel. They are free to act on the word and aid us in our struggle, in our times of distress. So we are required to walk by faith. We are not to give up or give in during times of distress. You see, the word of God, God tells us what to do. And as we yield to it, the angels will respond. You see, the angels don't respond. These ministering spirits don't respond to our emotions. They don't, they don't respond to our tears. They respond to our faith. Glory to God. They respond to our faith. And that is powerful. You see, the Bible says God is no respecter of persons. God doesn't pre- prefer one person over another. What is, God is looking for people of faith. So if you're, you're a man of faith or a woman of faith... Don't lose heart. The angels will move and act on your behalf. Amen. So that's basically some of the things I talked about uh, the last time. And today is going to be part two, as I said, to ministering spirits. And I'm going to give, I have to give a brief description of the circumstances that were surrounding Paul at the time. And there's something I want you to see. You know, sometimes we don't understand what actually is going on in our lives. But we have to know that our lives are in the hand of the Lord. And no matter what we're going through, God is, we're going through so God can accomplish something in our lives, in other people's lives. Right? So it's never only about us. It's about us, but it's also about others that who are influenced by our lives and our, li- and our lifestyle. So it's never only about us. So let me just give you a brief description. If you want, you can turn to Acts 23 and hold, hold that scripture, hold that, uh, place there. But I have to give you a brief description of what's going on and I want you to see this. So it, Paul was persecuted by the Jews in Jerusalem. And there, the Jews, and it's, it's mainly the leadership in Jerusalem inciting the people. They were kind of given half truths about Paul. So they got the people riled up. And they were seeking to kill Paul. Because Paul used to be one like them. A fanatic like one of them. But then he had an encounter with Jesus. And he changed. So now he was speaking the same Jesus. That they tried. That this same Jesus that they crucified. So they weren't happy with Paul. And now they're plotting to kill him. So they got a hold of Paul. The mob got a hold of Paul. And there was a huge uproar in Jerusalem over this. So there were Roman soldiers assigned to keep the peace in Jerusalem. And news of the unrest came to the commander of the garrison. And he immediately took soldiers to deal with the unrest. Because the Romans, the Roman governor, the Romans wasn't put, they weren't putting up with any unrest or any disruption in the city. Their their job was to keep peace in that city. So when these Jews 
saw the soldiers coming, they stopped beating Paul. So this mob took a hold of Paul and they were beating him. So when the soldiers heard, got message of this, whatever was going on, they dispatched a garrison to the area wherever where the uproar was. And when they came, the people were beating Paul. So when they saw the soldiers coming, the, the mob, they stopped beating Paul. And the soldiers took Paul from the mob, they bound him with chains and took him into custody. Later on, as the soldiers were about to scourge Paul, now they have him in prison, they're going to beat him now to get him to tell, talk, tell the truth about what's, what's, what's happening. But Paul said something which affirmed his Roman citizenship. So once they heard he was a Roman citizen, they, 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 they changed their mind about beating him because Roman citizens has rights. You couldn't treat the way you treat other people. You couldn't treat, a, the Romans couldn't treat a Roman citizen the way they treated other people. So once they heard he was a Roman citizen, they said, ah, we can't beat him because he's got rights. So Paul was no idiot. He was no idiot. So he affirmed his Roman citizenship. So let's go to Acts 23, verse 11, and let's pick up at verse 11. i got to read this to set up where I'm going. Are you there? Acts 23, verse 11. So the Jews were still plotting to kill, to kill Paul. And it says here, verse 11, And the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Who is this? The Lord stood by Paul in prison and said to him, Be of good cheer, Paul. For as you have testified before me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness at Rome. So wait a minute. Paul, be of good cheer. You have, you, Paul has been beaten, put in prison, abused. He said, Paul, be of good cheer. As you have testified before me in Jerusalem, you must also bear witness at Rome. Now Rome is in Italy. That's far away. So the angel is telling Paul what is going to happen. So if the angel said, you have been bred, you've borne testimony of me in Jerusalem and you will in Rome, that what does that mean? Paul, you're going to Rome. That's what it means. Okay? Now just keep that in the back of your mind. So with that, the Jews who were in authority was they were they were they, were, they made a pact that they want they're gonna get this man they want him dead, they want Paul dead. But the assassination plot was revealed to the commander of the garrison, and he made arrangements for Paul to appear to appear before the governor in, in Caesarea, who at that time was Felix. So the captain of the garrison realized that there was a plot they were going to try and trick him so that they can get to Paul the mob to get to Paul and they were going to kill Paul so he got wind of the assassination plot so he said you know what this this Paul is a, a is a Roman citizen so he made arrangements for him to go to Caesarea to appear before the governor so Paul makes his defense in front of governor Felix gives his testimony gives his testimony so the governor Felix procrastinated concerning a judgment on Paul. And if you read the scripture, Felix wanted a bribe. He gave Paul freedom for people to visit him. But Felix was looking for a bribe. Because if, if he had Paul had bribed him, Felix would have let him go. 
But because Paul didn't give him any money, Felix held on to him because there was no incentive to let him go. And he didn't want, he would, he didn't want to cause any problem. But if he appeared him, he would, he would let Paul go. So anyhow, so Felix procrastinated concerning a judgment on Paul because he didn't find any reason to, to kill Paul, for Paul to be killed. So guess what? Paul remained in prison for two more years. Two years since what all that drama was going. Two years. Until the new governor, Festus, succeeded Felix. So now Festus now has to deal with Paul. Paul is in prison. And the Jews were still plotting. After two years, they're still plotting how to get this man, to kill this man. They, they didn't give it up. So a request was made by, by Festus. If to go back to Jerusalem. So Festus is giving uh, Paul an option. Would you want to go back to Jerusalem and be judged there by your judge there? Paul said, and basically Paul said no. As a Roman citizen, I was make my appearance before Caesar. The angel told him two years ago that you got to go to Rome. So what did Paul say? I got to make my appearance before Caesar. What is Paul saying? I need to go to Rome. So Paul didn't just make that, make that declaration haphazardly. He is saying what the angel told him. The angel said, you have to go to Rome. So Paul is saying, I'm going to go before Caesar and make my declaration. What is Paul saying? You need to take me to Rome. So as I said, several years have passed since the angel spoke to Paul and told him about being witness in Rome. So we're going to pick it up in Acts 27. If you turn to Acts 27. And don't worry, I'm going somewhere with this. Let me know when you're there. So we're in Acts 27 and, we're going to, and verse 9 But let me just tell you a little bit about what's going on here. So the time has come for Paul and other prisoners to be taken to Rome. They all, so they have, they have to go to Rome on a ship. So they all set sail for Rome, which was in Italy, and came to a place called Fair Havens, which from there would go, to, would take them to a place called Phoenix, and from Phoenix there's a straight sailing in the open ocean to Italy. So let's pick it up at verse 9. Verse 9 through 11. Acts 27, 9 through 11. Are you there? So it says here, Now when much time has been spent, and sailing was now dangerous. Because the fast was already over, Paul advised them. So they get, they're getting ready now to, to, to launch out into open sea. Because from where they were in Caesarea, to get to Fairhaven, they had to be, they had to take a ship. So they were taking different ships and finally they got to this place called Fairhaven. So they're getting ready to head out in the open ocean to Italy. And Paul is saying here, Verse 10, men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss. Not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. So Paul is saying, listen, we're in trouble. We're going to be in trouble if we leave from port and head out to Italy. But Paul is a prisoner. 
So the helmsman and the owner of the ship say, no, nothing's going to happen. We're going to be okay. So the centurion, the one in charge, the soldier in charge of the garrison, and you'll see there are hundreds of men that were going. They went with what the owner of the boat said. And the helmsman, because of course these are the experts. These are the people, they, they sail these ships all the time. Paul is a prisoner. Why are we, we going to listen to him? So they set out to sail. They set out. So verse 20, verse 9. So 9 to 11, as I said, Paul, the angel, Paul didn't just know that they were in trouble. The angel told him that this voyage will end with disaster. The angel is telling Paul what is going on. So Paul is just relaying to them. Let's turn, let's go to uh, verse 21. So they have set out. To, they set out on open ocean, heading to wherever they got, where, to Italy. Verse 21. But after long, after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of the men and said, Men, you should have listened to me. Why? Because they were in trouble. They had this easterly storm, blew them off course. The wind, the storm was so severe. They, they couldn't see the stars at night. They couldn't see the sun by day. So they have no idea of where they are. The storm blew them off course. They didn't know if they were heading north, south, east or west. Because back then people used to depend on the stars to travel. And the sun. So they didn't know what was going on. So Paul is making this statement. He's saying here in verse 21. He says, you should have listened to me. And men, he said, uh, and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss because they were in trouble. And he said, now I urge you to take heart. Now Paul is speaking, I urge you to take heart. Be of courage. For there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. He said, none of you will die. Just we will lose the ship. Okay. Verse 23, For there stood by me this night an angel of the Lord, to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. And he said in verse 25, He said, Therefore take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. So after the ship has been blown off course, the storm, they can't see where they're going. They don't know what's going on. They've been bombarded, tossed to and fro by this wind. They were coming to a time now they started to lose hope. Because not only were they tired, they were hungry. And if you find out, they were out there for a couple weeks, just being tossed and fro tossed to and fro by this storm. So in verse verse 33 and 38, let's go to the verse 33. So Paul, before I read, he started telling him, you should have listened to me. Because before they set sail, he said this voyage would be dangerous and could end up a loss of life, loss of cargo, and, lo and the loss of the ship. So the storm now, they caught in the storm and now they're listening to Paul. Why? Because what he said to them before they sailed is coming to pass. 
So verse 33, let's pick it up there, to 38. As the day, as, and, and as the, as day was about to dawn, Paul implored them all to take food, because they weren't eating. Today is the 14th day you have waited and continued without food and eating nothing. So two weeks, these people weren't eat, eating anything. Because they, the, 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 the storm was so violent, there was nothing they could do. He said, therefore, verse 33, I urge you to take some nourishment, for this is for your survival. You gotta eat, because if you don't, you won't make it. You gotta eat to survive. And he says, since not a hair will fall from the head of, of any of you, and when he had said these things, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Then they all were encouraged and took food themselves. And in all we were, how many of them were on the ship? 276 people on the ship. So they had eaten enough, lightened the ship and threw out the wheat into the sea. So they're going for broke. So Paul is telling them, what is going to happen if you don't eat, you're not going to make it. Because you need food so you, your body can be strengthened to do things that you need to do. So Paul is preparing them for what is going to happen. So they're listening to Paul now. So in Acts 28, we're not going to turn there. They were shipwrecked on an island called Malta. They were shipwrecked. And they spent a lot of time on Malta. But what happened when they were shipwrecked, the only thing that was lost was the ship and the cargo. None of the men died. It was just as the angel spoke and told Paul. You see, Paul was listening and taking guidance and instruction from the angel who was telling him what to do, when to do it. And as they obeyed, as, as they, they did what Paul said, the men survive, but he, as he said, they will, they will, they will run aground. The ship will be lost. And that is exactly what happened. So in verse 28, they were shipwrecked on an island called Malta, as I said. They spent a lot of time on Malta before sailing to Italy. Paul was on the island healing people, spreading the gospel of the kingdom. The angel never told Paul the angel told Paul years earlier. Now this was over two years later. So this is going, to, going into three years since the angel told Paul that he has to appear before Caesar. That he was going to Rome to bear witness. The angel told him this. This was almost three years ago. He never gave Paul the details. Remember he said to Paul, you bore witness of me in Jerusalem, you have to bear witness of me in, in, in Rome. He never told Paul how that's going to happen. But we see over time how it happened, how it's happening. So the angel was helping Paul along the way. Paul had to go through the beatings, the storm, the cold, the hunger, the sleepless nights, the shipwreck. All these things Paul had, things Paul had to go through on his way to appear before Caesar. And the angel was there along the way helping Paul, keeping him, directing him as Paul walked by faith. And endured doing the will of God. What does this tell us? We also must walk, walk, we have to walk by faith and have the guts to go through whatever we have to go through. 
fully persuaded that the Lord will keep us and send the angel to help us in our time of need. So it's telling me, Paul knew he had to go to before Caesar. He knew it. Because the angel told him. He didn't know how it was going to be done. He didn't know when. He didn't know the time frame. He didn't know it was going to take almost three years. But Paul suffered. But he endured and held onto the hope and, and faith. As I said in the previous message, we are never alone. But look at the things Paul had to go through. It took him almost three years being beaten, hunger and hungry, in a storm. All the things he had to go through in chains. And Paul endured. What is that telling me? What does that tell, tell us about our walk when we're going through trials? We, 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 we're ready to give up. After a week, two weeks, we want to quit and give up. This is almost three years of beatings, going through beatings and hunger and cold and, and sleepless nights, being shipwrecked. Almost three years from when the angel told him what was going to happen. And Paul, in all of it, he endured. He didn't quit. He didn't give up. He trusted God and kept doing what God, what God, God's will was for his life. What does that say about us? What does that say about me? The trials that we are going through. Do we have the guts to walk by faith and trust God in the midst of everything we're going through? Or are we ready to throw in the towel and quit? I mean, this, this, when I read this, this was speaking to me. I said, man, this man, for almost three years, he could have complained to the angel when the angel said, be of good cheer. You testified before me, before me in Jerusalem. You have to do it in Rome. Before Caesar. He could have complained. These people wanted to kill me. They were beating me. They put me in chains. They put me in prison. Paul didn't say any of that. Paul just kept doing what the Lord required of him. My God, that takes guts. That takes faith. I mean, do we have, do we see that kind of faith today? Do we have that kind of faith? Or we, you know, we read these stories and we don't understand that suffering that, because when, when Paul, when Jesus appeared to Paul, he said, that you have to suffer a lot of, there are a lot of things you got to suffer for my name. Paul suffered. And we, you know, going through things in our life, we want to quit and give up. I mean, this is the, when I read it, this is talking to me. He said, we have to endure. That's why Paul was telling the, the, the saints about enduring not giving up, not quitting. He said, you have need of endurance to, uh, so that you can uh, receive the promise. You can't quit in the middle of your race. you got to hold on. you got to endure. But if we don't endure, if we don't walk by faith, if we don't hold on, the ministering spirits cannot act and, and, and aid us. Why? Because we're quitters. We're quitters. We're non, we, are, we, are, we have unbelief. And we complain when things don't go our way. We complain. But God is saying, I don't want to hear your complaint. I want to hear your words of faith. I want to hear you praise me. When you're going through your stuff and you don't feel like singing, you got to lift up your voice and give me praise. we got to walk by faith. we got to exercise by faith. We can't quit. We can't give up. People might think we're crazy. How could you be going through all this and you still want to praise this God? That's a trying of our faith. 
That is a testing of our faith. Do you really believe this stuff or are we just playing church? We might as well just go party and eat, drink and be merry. Why, why torture yourself? Claiming that you believe God. Claiming you're a Christian. But when the rubber meets the road, you're ready to run, to cut and run. Glory to God. I mean, this is talking to me. You see, Paul knew. Paul suffered. He endured. But he held on to hope and faith. We are never alone. We have to look at things from a heavenly perspective. You see, the thing is, how are you looking at the circumstance? You see, when you always put yourself in the middle, you're a victim. And you see yourself as a victim. But when you look at it from God's perspective, you take yourself out from the middle of the circumstance and you look at it from God's perspective. You're no longer in the center of the circumstance. You're above the circumstance. And then you understand it's not about you. You understand you're not alone. And if you trust God, God will keep you by His power. The ministering spirits will act on our behalf. The things we are going through and the things we have to go through is not to kill us. Even though at times we feel like we want to die, we want to quit. Don't quit. It's not about you. It's not about you. But to make a reliance only on the Lord and to be more like Christ. This walk is not easy. This walk is not easy. If you're too comfortable, you're not, you're not being challenged. But the Lord will keep us by His power. This walk is exclusive. The gate is narrow. It narrows the gate. Wide is the way that leads to this. Narrows the gate that leads to life. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction. And if you make a choice to walk the narrow, narrow gate, expect trials, expect tribulation. But we have to endure and know that the angels will help us if we continue in faith. So we must encourage one another in the faith. That's why we come together. That's why we keep in touch with each other. Because we have to help each other in this walk of faith. We have to. We can't make it on our own. We need each other to help us run this race. And to finish this race. It's not only to help us run it. Run it. It's to help us finish it. Finish the race. And the Lord will keep us by His power. So He sent the angel to help Paul. He sent the angel to help Peter. He sent the angel to help Jesus. He sent the angel to help Elijah. He sent the angel to help King Hezekiah. He also sent the angel to help us. Why? Because we are heirs of the promise. And if you are in Christ, you are an heir. And God sent His angels to help us. We are never ever alone. Never alone. So if there's anything you get out of this, Understand that the sufferings, the things that we trials we are going through is nothing compared to what some other believers are going through. We are not going through life and death trials here. There are other believers in the world whose lives are on the line. Life and death trials. Those are trials that, and, and they trust in God and God will help them. And if they don't survive, well, they were Jesus. But we here, we are comfortable. You know, we are comfortable. And we get a, we get some trial, we get some trials, we get, you know, people antagonizing us. And we feel like we're, we can't take it anymore, but we need to have some guts. You know, I'm talking here, but 
I'm talking to myself too. We need to have some guts and, 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 and toughen up and trust God and praise God and knowing that He will keep us as we walk by faith. So as I said, if anything, know that you're not alone, that you're loved and God will keep us and the angels will act on the Word of God as we declare it by faith. 